This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two Barties and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden. Bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. The CW is turning 16 this year. I did already turn 16 this year. Either way, it's a teenager. So I wasn't expecting that bit of news when I Googled. Did you guys know that? It's crazy because I feel like it's both a very long time for the network to be around, but it also feels like it was just 2006 and launching the other day. Like it's it's weird to think about. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Um, part of me wants to say I can accept that it's been around since 2006, but the other part of me doesn't want to believe that 2006 was that long ago. Um, it feels like the years have rolled in. Um, but as far as the network has like roots, it's been around for a long time. And with all it's produced, I can believe that even if I don't want to. The CW has been in like a lot of eras. I feel like, can we agree that the first one was Gossip Girl? Absolutely. Yeah. That was probably the first big CW show that I can remember like its own like original show and not something from the WB like Seventh Heaven or Gilmore Girls like Gossip Girl really set the tone I think for the network yeah I would agree with that um it, that was one of the first like real big like we nowadays we have these traditionally CW shows and I feel like Gossip Girl was the first one I have kind of an interesting story about what my first CW experience was. Um, uh, I over in my neck of the woods, we didn't have the CW, but I would have watched WWE's Friday Night Smackdown every Friday night. And one time in September 2006, they had um, uh, they made a comment about how it was the season premiere on the CW. And I was like, that sounds new. I never heard of that before. And little did I know three years later, I'd start watching Smallville and the Vampire Diaries and this relationship I've had with the CW ever since that's how it kind of began it's so weird though because your intro was like pro wrestling and then it went (laughs) like superheroes and like the upper east side of New York right the 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 network got more size to it than people give it credit for that's true it does um god Gossip Girl was my first big show. I know that. But like the thing that sticks in my head the most besides that show is The Vampire Diaries, just because it was an obsession. Yeah, I would agree with that. For me, um, you know, I always got to bring up 90210. 90210 was my, I loved Gossip Girl, don't get me wrong, but it was my Gossip Girl, even though no one would agree with me. No one particularly <laughs> loved 90210 the way I did. But that was my ride or die. I would watch that for 10 years if they would have let me. 90210 is my show. And that's probably my first big CW obsession outside of Gossip Girl. Because I didn't, I'll admit, I didn't keep up with Gossip Girl. <laughs> I mean, after, God, after they go to college, and I say this as someone who loves Dan and Blair, it falls off, but that's okay. You know, like sometimes shows do that. Um, for me, Dan and Blair made the rest of the show before it, oh God, I don't want to, not got bad, just deteriorated doesn't sound good either. We're just, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> they just didn't know what to do. They were exactly. just all over the place. Um, but 
Going back to some CW history, did you guys watch any of the... Because in the beginning, it was a very weird time, I think, because they had so many holdovers from the merger from WB and UPN. Did you guys watch any of those shows? Um, To be honest, I don't... Perhaps this is just like bad memory, but I could have sworn that for a while it didn't make that change. So like in certain areas, it would still say the WB and then in others, it would say the CW. So at first I thought the CW was a completely different network, not that it was like a merge between UPN and WB. So yeah, I did watch those shows, but they were still coming up as like the WB in some areas. So I watched, I mean, I probably shouldn't have been watching Girlfriends, but I was. I watched Girlfriends. <laughs> Um, and, uh, one-on-one, oh God, what else? I don't know if that made the, the jump. There were a lot of, there was a lot of black sitcoms that were on and I was watching those cause those were like, those are the shows to watch and which is why people don't associate the CW with them. Um, because they didn't start there and then they petered off for various reasons that people have been talking about for a while, but mainly because they pivoted to teen dramas. Yeah, my, uh, I would say I did watch a lot of the shows that from the WB at the time, but I, they came later for me. So I kind of just like box out at them and then caught up just in the, just by the time the final seasons would be airing on the CW. So Smallville was that one for me. I would say my first real CW show was The Vampire Diaries, but I was watching Smallville before that um, as a WB show. And then obviously it uh, changed into a CW show. Um in hindsight, now I can say I watched all of Gilmore Girls, which made it to, just just made it to a CW show by its final season. Um, I'm sure there are others, but I think as far as the transitional shows go, they're the two that stand out for me. I'm honestly happy to hear that you guys didn't watch Seventh Heaven because that was it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have been on the CW. The Seventh Heaven Hive is going to come for me if they exist. <laughs> But like, I don't know, watch a better show. I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> it was on. Like I like I remember it being on. I also remember changing the channel. So I just yeah. don't like it it was its own thing. At one point I thought it like was supposed to be in the same universe as Dawson's Creek. I don't know why, but I did. Ooh. Um I know. Um so I was like, well, it's a spin-off. I won't watch that. I'll just continue watching Dawson's and they'll be fine. So this is news that's been coming out and people have been talking about it for a while. Um, jumping from history to like the potential end, though I don't think it's the end of the CW. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are like, it's finally ending. They're burning it to the ground. It's going to be great. And it's like, well, not really. I mean, it's a sell to Nexstar possibly. Um, and they're just, they're still going to WB and, Paramount now since they since they changed their name <laughs> is still gonna be creating content possibly so it's not like the CW they're pulling the CW plug but like I still want to know what this all means for the CW's future it's a lot for a, a network that's barely been around for two decades to like have all this like drama like you started out as a merger and then we find out you're not making you never made a profit and we find out that you might be up for sale. It's just, it's a lot in a short span of time, relatively. Yeah, the contrast there is that a lot of people have assumed the fact that it never made a profit means that it's being cancelled, if networks can be cancelled, if that's the right term. Um, But the fact is, it may have never made a profit, 
but it is being sold. So like there's the contrast right there. There is there is some uh, uh, there is somebody has a purpose for it. And the fact that the fact, very fact that it's being sold to a potentially another TV network highlights that somebody has plans for it in the future which is why I do have a good laugh every time there's a new show announced or there's a new renewal announced and everyone's like, I thought this network was over because it's not going to be over. Uh, I do think we are looking at a change in the way the CW conducts itself going forward, but I do not think that it will be the end of the network. Same. It's an evolution, perhaps. I mean, the same thing did happen when UPN and WB merged, though there's a lot of history there about like that pivot. So like, I wonder what the pivot is gonna be for the CW, if it even pivots, it might just go about the rest of its business, um, business as usual, except for perhaps some shows being in danger, um, like the DC TV shows. Yeah, that's quite interesting to me because it took me a while to like learn what this actually could mean going forward. But the fact is the CW was a merger between the WB and CBS studios at the time. So it had it put shows of both of them, both networks on it that may not have been successful on the primary networks. But now that there's another network involved, could we see shows from other potentially like other networks? Like could like it could ABC, NBC, Fox, could they use it for the same? Uh, purpose that uh, with the WB or Warner Brothers and CBS used it for um, because shows like the DC TV shows, for example, are so successful on the CW and there's this belief that they wouldn't have been as successful on normal network TV, like with the exception of Supergirl, when was the last time you've seen like a major show hit so well and then on, on outside of the CW, a major superhero show and the fact that its ratings fell throughout the first season, so it had to be moved to the CW. Like superhero shows might not exist if it, in today's day and age outside of the CW because they just don't work. So I do think that going forward, if the CW does change, I think we can expect the DC TV shows to at least remain around for final seasons, whether they carry on long term. I think the CW is the best network for superhero shows in general. And I do think you'll see more DC TV shows sticking around on the CW for a time to come. That's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, considering that now we're hearing that there's a potential for CW shows to move to HBO Max, which is kind of puzzling because we don't really know what the cancelled by the CW to moving to HBO Max pipeline looks like. We haven't seen that. And we don't even know they can say like, oh, this show's performing well on HBO Max, but we don't have any concrete evidence to back that up. Like we don't see a top 10 on their homepage. We don't see streaming numbers. So we don't know what the quote Netflix bump looks like for CW shows on HBO Max. Like, is there an HBO Max bump? Would What shows would be most... Um, applicable on to move to HBO Max? Like, are they going to move shows that are in danger of being canceled by the CW? Or are they going to move successful ones that could use like a budget bump and would benefit from being on streaming? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, uh, it's an interesting conversation because shows like 
Batwoman, which are steady in the ratings, but lower than maybe some of the other big, bigger shows. Um, a lot of people assume that it performs better on streaming. So if any were to move to HBO Max, that would be one of them. Um, but then you have the other side of the argument, which Superman at Lois, which is the most watched show on the CW. Um, a lot of people think that it should move to HBO Max because the whole it's a CW show. It deserves better than that, which, which, which is it right? Because the CW is the one producing it. Superman Lois is performing very, very well because of the CW. Um, I do think of all the shows on the CW, Superman at Lois looks most like a HBO Max show. So, And according to stats, I don't know if they're official, it does per- perform well. Um, so I do think if we saw any move, it could be that. But on the other end of the argument, the CW is not going to get rid of their most successful show. So it yeah. will be sticking around. Yeah, and then like Casey Bloys, who's the content chief HBO HBO Max, like recently had an interview with The Hollywood Reporter where he just, well, Discuss isn't really a word. He gave that vague answer that they have to give when they can't give you too much information. But he was saying that he didn't know anything about the sale because he's not involved in the talks, but that the Greg Berlanti shows do really well on HBO Max. So they consider them to be valuable. But like when I take in that quote, I'm like, okay, so we know that they're valuable, but they're also valuable because they perform well for the CW. Making that hop to HBO Max might be a problem for the shows that are holding steady, like you said, with Batwoman. But like, if it went to streaming only, I don't know how that would work out, especially with international fans. Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting puzzle because I feel like the reason that the Arrowverse shows are so successful outside of in their prime, they had incredible numbers on the CW, but uh, over time, everything edges, every other rate, ratings go down. But I feel like the reason that they're so successful is because they're part of this like global property. Um, everybody watches the DC shows. Uh, everybody knows of them at least. Um, and I think things like streaming deals on Netflix uh, or worldwide have helped with that. Um, I personally don't have them on Netflix in my neck of the woods, but like they are on Netflix around the world. Um, and then that extends to other shows, which we'll talk about in a moment, which are globally Netflix shows. But with the shows like Batwoman that are exclusive to HBO Max after, after the, its CW run, more of these modern shows ever since this new Warner Brothers deal came into effect that only allows the CW shows then to go on to HBO Max. I, I worry about that because HBO Max isn't as well established a brand as Netflix is. And even though it is getting there, it's not available in other areas in the world, which means shows like Batwoman, which do reportedly do well on streaming, May not reach as may not reach as wide an audience if it wasn't exclusively HBO Max show. Of course, there are international TV deals around the world, but it does feel like they're trying to push towards making HBO Max more available. But the truth is that it isn't there yet. So shows exclusive to HBO Max, even in its US audience, I, I think would be a mistake. Because sometimes the reason that those shows are so reliable and easy to tune into is because they're on TV. So to move them to a streaming service that not everybody has yet would risk uh, diluting the audience even further. I would say the international audience carries this network on its Mm -hmm. back. Like my beloved show Dynasty would probably not be on today if people around the world didn't watch it on Netflix. That's why it's still on. And I think it would alienate so many fan bases to just pick up an established show and move it to a streaming service 
like that takes promotion and we go, we know that they don't favor promo not to get shady but <laughs> no they don't i mean there's been an uptick recently of promo i feel like i've been seeing some shows and on like youtube ads and getting more article interviews i'm like well we are we are truly promoting our shows a little bit more i'm very happy i'm sure the fandoms are happy i want to continue to see it but i also i'm not scared for the cw's lineup um i think we're I mean, most of its lineup is aged, if we're being honest. But mm -hmm. if they're going to be sold, then the shows that are on are probably going to get like final seasons. And like we'll know that ahead of time and they'll be able to finish. Like it's not going to be a mass cancellation at all. Um, but it does make you wonder about like the CW's future, especially when like they keep dropping all this news about what's in development, what pilots they ordered. Um, like All American Homecoming is, is going to be starting on Monday. So it's like yet another show. You have Tom Swift coming. Um, I'm not sure when Tom Swift is coming, but it's supposed to be coming in 2022. So I'm going to assume the fall. Um, mm -hmm. So when you think about all that, it's like the, the CW is not operating like they're getting shut down sometime in the summer. Like they're operating business as usual. So I'm not necessarily scared of the direction that it's going in. No, me neither. And I think that that's really what highlights there is a future for the CW because at the end of the day, what network would start greenlighting shows if they didn't think they were going to be here for it? Um, like there are a lot to think of. There's a lot to think about in terms of that and cast and production, right? And like these shows are going to live on and the, the belief is that they will live on on the CW. Again, a TV network is supposed to, is rumored to be buying it, so or the majority share it will still exist as some kind of entity. Um, and shows like Tom Swift, which has been in development for a while, um, the fact that also that they added a, a, veter a CW veteran to the cast, um, so it just it highlights that they have faith in their properties going forward. And you could, you could use the Arrowverse example as well as uh, uh, the original Arrowverse as it is, has been dormant for a while other than the established shows. And now we have this potential just as you show coming in the future, which is led by an Arrowverse vet and David Ramsey. So you can see the CW is relying on their familiarity at the moment. So why, why would they continue this? Why would they branch out even further after being dormant for a little while if they didn't think there was a future there for them? Maybe they're just trying to make it look extra tasty for a buyer. Like, mm. <laughs> look at all these spinoffs. We have Ashley Murray and Tom Swift. We're going to get back in the supernatural universe, more DC. They're like, the party's over here. Come buy us. <laughs> I mean, but the party has always been over there. People hate on the network, but like, which shows are you talking about? Whether you're watching or not, like, what are you tweeting about? Like, what See. do you love to hate? What do you um, hate to love? Like, what's your guilty pleasure? It's you you bring up a, yeah, you bring up a good point. For as much as people say they hate Riverdale, they're talking about it. Absolutely. It's like <laughs> the most talked about show in the world. <laughs> trending all the time. Like, did you guys see that? Like, what was it? Riverdale has been trending since the poster dropped. And yes. since people are loving it and complaining about it. Oh, they're mad. That, I loved it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and, and that's the Riverdale fandom in a nutshell. They're mad. <laughs> yeah, everyone's always mad about something. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I like the poster though. I mean, it's one of the best ones they've done. It's creative. In the tree. It is creative. Yeah, right. I mean, it's better than 
oh my god was it the season three one where they had like the mm-hmm. antlers and like it was brown and archie's head was like three times the size of everybody else's like we made progress guys <laughs> we don't need all them floating heads <laughs> that's no. true because like was is it the season five one where archie's head is still bigger than everybody else's and they're above like pops and they're stacked yes. in a weird shape just letting you know we're coming back and it's a time jump and it's, it always looks so unnatural but it works but it's always like okay we can do a little better it's definitely like the whole like Avengers Endgame kind of poster and stick as many heads in as possible. God, I mean, perhaps the the new one, even though there are floating heads, but it's floating heads in candle smoke, which I'll take. I'll take that. Yeah. That really cool. We love the creativity. Yeah. You love the creativity. I wonder what, to go back to Tom Swift, because it's one of the shows that I'm mm-hmm. really excited for, for whenever it does land. Um, I want to know... So Ashley Murray is going to play Zenzi Fullington, who happens to be Tom's best friend. I mean, the description is uh, they've known each other since childhood and she considers him to be family and she is capable of reading him. So I'm like, oh, it's like, so she's the best friend that tells you about yourself. Like, but it's also going to be there, ride or die. I love that for Ashley. Me too. She's amazing. And I, I feel like she got the short end of the stick twice in the Riverdale universe. Like she left Riverdale to go on Katie Keene. Katie Keene was canceled and she comes back to Riverdale for an episode. And it was honestly, I'll say it, one of the better episodes of the past season. But I just hope this, they don't screw her over in this one. I hope this is successful and they put some promo behind it and beef up the Nancy verse. I hope so too, mainly because I want to see her thrive like really be given the chance to thrive. Like at this point, God, is she like another Lucy Hale? <laughs> like, like oh just my God. from show <laughs> to show. See, that's what we need to avoid. We need to avoid that for Ashley. Yeah, she really deserves this because the character had so much more to give Riverdale than she was actually given. And then moving uh, uh, Josie to Kitty Keene was such a great idea. And then that show had so much more to give than the CW actually gave them. Um, so it would be nice to see Ashley like get this chance to shine finally. Yeah, I will say I would just... Oh, go ahead, Reed. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I just I would love to see her in the lead of a show. Like she's in another show where the title character is not her, which I mean is fine, but I'd love to see her apart from Katie King, Tom Swift, and be the face of the show. Mm-hmm. I think that would be amazing. That's why I wanted Pussycats to go forward. Like they made a big deal. It looked like a like a backdoor pilot they were doing. They even had yeah. their art. I was so excited. I thought that was the best, probably the best standalone episode of the last season. Um, and the thing is, it's so it was so different to the what what else they were trying to do but yet there was such like a sense of familiarity about it and it just highlights how great those characters were and it would have been lovely to see that see her get her own show in, in a spin-off based off that episode maybe one day i'm manifesting it so there are pilot orders in and i'm happy about exactly one of them but mm-hmm. you know there there are people who enjoy supernatural they have a huge fan base like don't come for me y'all it's just not my show um, and then, of course, there are people who enjoy Walker. So, like, what's on deck potentially for the CW is, like, the Winchesters, which is about um, 
John and Mary, I'm assuming those are the parents, um, which is going to be narrated by Dean, and then Gotham Knights, which Michael, I want you to like gush about it because, and we can hold like Walker for a second. Walker can wait his turn. So let's talk about like Gotham Knights. Yes, I would love to talk about Gotham Knights. I'll give a brief read of the synopsis here and that is so basically it's in the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder, his rebellious adopted son forges an unlikely alliance with the children's of, children of Batman's enemies when they're all framed for killing the Cape Crusader. And as the city's most wanted criminals, this band of misfits must fight to clear their names. I think that sounds quite exciting. Of course, it can be confusing considering we've adopted Gotham City on TV many, many times and all of them claim to be like this definitive story without Batman and here we are with another one. And it's even more confusing considering the Arrowverse has its own Gotham City and Batwoman. But this is apparently going to be a standalone. So it's going down the route of Stargirl or Naomi in that it's not directly related, but there's a multiverse out there, guys. Um, but uh, so I'm really excited to see what it's like. Of course, it sounds out there and that's the CW's brand. Out there could either really work really well or not at all. There, there's, there's, there's a, it's received a bit of a divisive response online and I can see both sides of the argument, but I'm not going to let that talk me out of being excited for the show. I think it sounds fantastic. I hope the final result is fantastic. I think it kind of walks the line between the CW's old personality of these teen dramas and the CW's new personality of the superhero hub. I think it kind of walks the line between these because we're dealing with young superheroes. And aside from Legends of Tomorrow, we haven't really had that kind of ensemble show, superhero show. And I'm really excited to see what that looks like, especially since it can have its own kind of vibe removed from the rest of the shows. Yeah, everyone needs to stay out of Michael's mentions about Gotham Knights. He's excited. <laughs> Let him be excited. It sounds like fun. It sounds like it could be like campy. And I don't know. I hope it is because I would watch it. I'm out of my depth with the superhero DC side of the CW. But I mean, guys, it sounds like fun. Why is everybody so mad? <laughs> it does. Like, and just, there's a lot of darkness too. I mean, they've been framed for murder. Like if you want, like someone's going to be brooding and not like a dark hallway with a bat flying by, it'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we sign up for with Batman content. Exactly. We know what we're getting and we're here for it every time. Definitely. And I will be here for this. I hope you join my... Speaking of being here for things, because actually does... I'm sure Walker has a fan base. I have not seen them. I don't know where they are. Where are they? I don't know, but they have enough where they're getting a spinoff. So like Walker Independence, which is set in the 1800s, the 1800s, which makes me think that people are going to start comparing it to Paramount Plus is 1883. But you know what? That's the CW's problem to deal with if that becomes an issue. But Abby Walker is an affluent Bostonian whose husband was murdered before her eyes in this show. And that takes her out to the West where she meets a man named Hoyt Rollins. That's fun to say. Anyway, <laughs> who's a lovable rogue in search of purpose. And together they go to Independence, Texas where they encounter diverse eclectic residents running from their own troubled past and chasing their dreams. I'm personally not into this one, um, but you know, if anybody is more power to you, it just sounds like it's Walker in the 1800s. 
<laughs> That's exactly what I got from it. Yeah, not uh, my cup of tea. <laughs> so it'll end up being somebody's potentially if it goes you know, all the way to make it to the CW to air. But I'm going to circle back to Supernatural because I realized we did not give the Winchesters their due. I mean, they are iconic. I know that because Twitter tells me. Um, but their synopsis is that um, it, the Winchesters is told from the perspective of Dean Winchester. Um, it is the epic untold love story of how John met Mary and how they put it all on the line to not only save their love, but the entire world. I'm going to assume that that's from demons um, and whatever supernatural creatures are out here killing folks. Um, and that's all I have gotten from there. I'm sure there's some like lore from the original television show that is gonna play out that perhaps just didn't get its due in the OG, but I'm lost in the sauce. So I'm just gonna let the the supernatural fans just really enjoy this show if it ends up, you know, becoming a thing. Yeah, I hope they get it because they've been trying for years <laughs> to spin supernatural off and I, th I think this is their third attempt i think after this if it doesn't happen maybe we should you know regroup see what's happening with supernatural maybe move on but i'm assuming this one is a period piece as well like the 80s if it's an origin story oh that's true that could be fun 80s is I mean, fun i mean it could be yeah, I can speak on that a little because I've watched like the first nine seasons of Supernatural. So there you go. There's another WB to CW <laughs> show. I forgot about that one. Um, it's interesting to me. I think it could work. I definitely think it could work because of the established audience and the fact that this isn't getting the backdoor pilot treatment that the previous ones got. So that's already a bonus. So it stands more of a chance. But what I find really unusual is that the Supernatural spent an awful lot of time stuck in the past. Like there'd be multiple flashback episodes. A lot of them you'd see the parents, a lot of them you wouldn't. That's all right. I think it's going to be interesting to see a different version of that story because I think this is the only part of that story yet untold. So it feels obvious that they're telling it now. I'm interested to see where it goes. I would be willing to give it a chance, but I need to watch the other five seasons of Supernatural first. Sorry. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, I'd definitely be open to it. And I hope, like you guys said, I really hope it gets going because I feel like the Supernatural fans have had their like hopes up so many times for an alternate story set in that world. And it would be kind of ironic that one finally comes along a while after the show ended. I feel like it's what they deserve at this point. And I'd be willing to give it a go, even if it kind of feel, feels like the ship maybe sailed a little while ago. I'm still open to giving it a try. That's fair. I mean, I'm hoping it's one of those things where if someone has not watched all 15 seasons of Supernatural, that they could just drop in, you know, and just mm -hmm. watch, you know, um, John and Mary's love story with demons and not have to worry about watching the original series. Not that like you shouldn't if you want to get context, but sometimes 15 seasons is daunting. That's a daunting mm -hmm. task. Yeah, that's a lot of context to have to <laughs> sort through for a spinoff. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure people are not going to do that, but I'm ready for the primer that someone is going to write somewhere that lets you know which episodes you should watch um, if you want the information you need before hopping into the new, the spinoff series. Mm. I feel like that would probably be about 10 or 100 episodes long as it is. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's not making a case for a watch. <laughs> oh, man. But you know what does make a case for a watch? 
And I've been wanting to talk about this show for a while because it too is a spinoff series and it premieres tonight, Monday, February 21st, 9 p.m. ET after All-American Season 4's mid-season premiere. And that is All-American Homecoming. Mm. It's Simone's story. We're going to college, y'all. <laughs> like, finally, like the, um, the CW is doing a college drama and it's set an HBCU called Springston University. For those who don't know, HBCU is a historically black college um, in or university. Um, and it's the school that she decided she was going to go to uh, in All-American season three, I believe. The backdoor pilot introduced us to Damon Sims, who is a baseball player who could have went to the major leagues, but decided to play at the university instead, which means he is possibly going to have to eat some humble pie. Uh, which is going to be exciting to see as, and it's going to be exciting to see Simone in a different element. Um, do you guys watch All American or have seen All American? Know what it's about? I, when it premiered, I watched I think the first four episodes. I just didn't stick with it. I enjoyed it. I liked it, but there's just I was watching so many other things that I was like, something's got to give. Sorry, All American, but I'm thrilled for All American fans because. I feel like this show is one of the biggest organic hits the CW's had in the past few years. Like it's not a reboot. It's not a a sequel. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's just like an organic hit show that is really connected with its fan base and branching it out just feels natural and like a great next step for the CW. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that's a great point because most of the CW's hits either do well internationally or even more than that, they're inspired by source material like the Vampire Diaries, uh, uh, the DC shows, Riverdale. They've all got like niches there to appeal to. So the fact that All-American was a hit domestically by being a good TV show, I think says so much about it. So a a, a spinoff at this point feels inevitable given that the network love spinoffs. But even at that, I feel like more, more importantly, a, a spinoff feels inevitable because the show did what it was supposed to so well. Um, and I, I have to say, I, I I did watch some of it early on, but like Reed said, there was so much to watch at the time. Um, but I am excited for it and for fans of it because there is clearly so much story to tell. And usually shows tend to fall off when a character goes to college. So the fact that they're doing a spin-off set on it instead where you don't have that high school history, I think that could be really refreshing. I think so too. I mean, one of the things that like, surprised me about All-American, and it's not that it was good because, I mean, you watch it and you know it's good, it's that it's a, a sports drama that is thriving on the CW, a network that will not touch a sports drama <laughs> like, prior to do that. Like, and then, the first one is like is, is about football. So that sort of is an easier winner to go into. And All American Homecoming is going to be centered on baseball and tennis. So the sports drama element might feel a little different than what people really know about football. But I'm excited for it, not just because we're going to be seeing what athletes from different sports, uh, what they go through on, on the college level, but also because I've really wanted the CW to try its hand at college, not doing what Gossip Girl did, which they took us to college, but those kids didn't really need to go to college. And you could see that it, they were struggling <laughs> when, we, when they tried to write those stories or like Riverdale completely bypassed it, which I thought that was mm-hmm. smart. But um, for All-American to try, especially with the uh, with Simone, you know, who 
and I'm going to spoil a little bit. If you haven't seen All American, I'm sorry, guys. It's just a tiny little spoiler. She's going to bring it up anyway. But <laughs> she, she had an unplanned pregnancy. And so her attention was on, was on that and getting her, her child adopted, which he is. He's doing lovely. He's thriving. But now she gets to focus on herself and her dreams. And she had put tennis to on the back burner because of her pregnancy. And now that is back in the forefront, she has to figure out what she wants to do moving forward at this university in her relationships. Um, and really like for the rest, the rest of her life, at least right now. And I think that is a really interesting point to do. Like, what are you, who are you when you have to start over and who are you when you have to start over in another city, away from your family, away from your boyfriend, away from the people that you love as you're developing different friendships and potentially other romances. I mean, Jordan should watch out. Damon's coming for his girl, but it is what it is. Well, Sabrina, congratulations. You've convinced me I'm watching. <laughs> it sounds <Yes>. really good. <laughs> it sounds very refreshing. Like it's, it, it, it sounds like it's successful, a successful uh, concept to reboot the story. I find a lot of times spin-off struggle because it feels like you're watching, of course, it's the same character, but it feels like you're watching them go through the same story, just in a different setting. Whereas that sounds like a complete reboot of a, of a character to me. So I'm really intrigued by the sound of it to see where this already established character goes and how they grow in this new spin-off. I am too. Again, 9pm tonight. Yo, 9 p.m. tonight. Get, plug in. Get the plug in. <laughs> yes, yes, I have to. I have to. But uh, we do have to go back to talking about other CW shows, and I know that. But um, renewals, cancellations. Who do we think is going to make it? Who do we think people should be scared about getting canceled? I have thoughts. Um... It's very interesting time to be the fan of the CW because it could go either way in a lot of terms as far as where's the network, where the network's going in the future. So by now we would have had early renewals every other year. The Arrowverse shows get get and Riverdale usually gets renewed, get renewed at the end of January, early February. You notice that hasn't happened yet. Um, I think right now to me the only. safe shows is The Flash, Riverdale, Superman at Lois, and Dynasty. And I say that for multiple reasons. (laughs) A, Superman at Lois is the most watched show on the CW and is probably the one that generates the biggest conversation among a wider audience. B, The Flash is the most watched, second, second to third most watched show on the CW and held that record for the last seven years. So, Fair enough. It's it's old now, but like it held that record for seven years. It ain't going anywhere for now. Um, and it's the most famous of them. Riverdale and Dynasty are sadly among the least watched shows on the network, but they have the international deals, which keep them globally successful. And Riverdale continues to perform incredibly well on Netflix worldwide. I would know it's on Netflix in my neck of the woods. Um, so I do not think those four can risk going anywhere just yet. If they want a final season, Riverdale and Dynasty, I can understand that. But I don't think they can just pull them when they have this streaming deals in place. Um, uh, and as far as The Flash goes, we do have the reports of another season coming out. Uh, potentially if Grant Gustin signs that contract I know Deadline did that story recently that he just needs to sign on the dotted line for season 9 and then it'll probably go it could go to season 10 but we'll talk about that another day as far as what shows 
may not go. I think the only one in dire jeopardy right now, and I hit set because I thought the trailer looked awesome, is 4400. Because it's not the least watched show on the network. Like I said, Riverdale and uh, Dynasty get less viewers at the moment, but they have excuses because uh, they're established shows and Bay, they have the get out of jail free card, which is the uh, streaming deals. Unfortunately, 4400 does not have that, any of that. And it's its first season. So I do think it's in jeopardy. And any other year, I don't think it would be, but because the CW may be picking its battles wisely, 4400 may not make it. I would like to say it, but because it's such an uncertain year for the CW, I have too many thoughts to put them into words, but I think that's one of the more obvious ones that if you had to pick one that's in danger, 4400 is the one without that as much protection as some of the lesser watch shows. Okay, first of all, you don't know how excited I am to hear you say that you think Dynasty is going to come back. I hope I I'm have not going <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you guys. With all these like question marks surrounding the network right now and the fact that there's like no news about renewals like i feel like we're all a little bit on the edge and i've been like quietly concerned about some of my favorite shows you know just naturally because they're aging and you know cw has a tendency to be like that's it 10 episodes you're done final season um but I'm happy to hear you say that you think Dynasty is going to come back because I will chain myself to a tree in Atlanta if they cancel it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I do agree with you about 4,400. It doesn't feel like this show really took off in a way that they had hoped. Um, But I do kind of see them hitting an established show with the final season, maybe like in, in the dark in order to bet on 4,400 for a follow up season to try to, get it on streaming and get a bigger fan base. Um, But the only other one that I'm kind of iffy on, and I know it has the bonus points of being based on existing an existing property charmed. It just feels like it hasn't really, I know there's fans. So charmed fans, put your forks down, put your pitchforks down. But it just doesn't feel like there's just been so much controversy surrounding it. And it doesn't seem like it's really taken off, especially not on Netflix. So I think we could be looking at another potential final season for Charmed. I don't know. Potentially. I mean, I would agree about Charmed in 4400. I'm going to slide in All-American as being safe because <laughs> yes, the wrath of that, that fandom they don't want that energy but also like with all american homecoming coming out like you're going to keep your original show Mm -hmm. so that your spinoff um has a built-in audience like i just don't see like that'd be shooting themselves in the foot like if you do all american homecoming but then announce you know actually all american season four is its last season and we didn't tell y'all that before we decided to launch that season so sorry about that but also it's ending like that would be a really bad move i don't think that they're going to do that i think all-American will get like a season five and that might be its final season unless they decide to make season five a college drama as well and then extend it forward so that All-American and All-American Homecoming are on simultaneously and that the and it remains an interconnected universe which would be really interesting it just depends on how much more story they think they can tell with Spencer James which I think there's a lot like he does, he could, you could potentially continue his story on until he reaches the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's an, that's an option. It just, 
depends on what they want to do. Uh, I'd be sad if 4400 was canceled, though. One, because I want to catch up. And two, because what I have watched was really, really good. I mean, it's different. The CW has done sci-fi and they've done sci-fi well, like the early seasons of the 100. And they've mm-hmm. done the sci-fi terribly, like the later seasons of the 100. But we haven't seen in like a majority black cast mm-hmm. do a sci-fi show um, on the CW. And so that is very interesting, especially when it's characters from different time periods who have different understandings of American society and what you can do and what you can't and what you're allowed to talk about and what you're not allowed to talk about and seeing how much progress America has made or that we think America has made with characters from the past being like, actually, I mean, technology is upgraded, but what y'all going through ain't that different from what we were going through. Um, so I don't want to see that go off air. I've not watched enough charm to say save it. I've watched exactly four episodes. I want to say it was four episodes of the first season and I didn't like it. And so I've been surprised that it's been able to continue on this far, but I guess I shouldn't be too surprised because the CW prior to um, this potential cell didn't cancel things. And we might actually be in a period of cancellations coming for shows if they're not getting the audience or the engagement that they need to get in order to justify them still being on air. Yeah, in the past few years, we saw them being very generous and basically renewing everything. But we have to remember they canceled The Republic of Sarah last year. Was that last year? Yes. After one season. And that was kind of like, oh, okay, they're back to being like, we'll give you a chance, but we're not we're going to make some hard choices now. And I think that cancellation's kind of been an eye-opener for me. Like, okay, so they're clearly, <laughs> they're ready to drop the ax. <laughs> who's, <laughs> who's it going to fall on? <laughs> and I think to follow up on that point, um, Katie Keaton as well, it's still relatively recent. And yeah. considering it was, it was a, an offshoot of arguably one of the most successful franchises. And I do think what killed that was the lack of the Netflix deal that made uh that made the Riverdale such a success because like Lucy Hill, lead of a show on Netflix has like movie-like quality about it, but not that many people were watching it because it went straight to HBO Max instead. And while Batwoman does seem to have been successful on HBO Max because it's Batwoman, I do think that could have been a risk with that as well because it did not join its Arrowverse counterparts on Netflix and didn't get the worldwide appeal. But I do think Batwoman is safe because not only has it found a new audience and ever since Javizia Leslie took over, it has been fantastic. But I do have to say that uh, the ratings have remained steady. Yes, they fell from what their words were, but it is one of the most steady shows on the network. So I know it tends to come up in the, is this getting cancelled conversation? I think Batwoman will survive. That that um, makes me feel reassured because I want Batwoman to survive. Like we need more Ryan Wilder in our lives. Like just let us have Batwoman. It's what I want. But, well, and it's still on. So we have two more episodes of Batwoman mm-hmm. season three, which I'm excited about. Uh, and what else is on the CW right now? Superman and Lois season two is coming back. Uh, Naomi is cu- coming back, right? It, um, it did have a brief hiatus. And then Legends of Tomorrow, Walker, All-American, and All-American Homecoming are going to be on. And then the new slate is coming in the March. I mean, there's a lot of new <laughs> new content coming to the CW when we hit March, because that's Dynasty, Return of Legacies, 
Riverdale, so returns, The Flash returns, Kung Fu comes on, and Charmed returns. We're going to be watching a lot of CW, you guys, like a lot of the CW. It's yeah. in like a state of flux at the moment, isn't it? Um, we have the long, longer running shows, or I mean, the, the longer season running shows about to wrap up. Batwoman at Legends are, are only coming back for two weeks and then that's them finish their seasons. Hopefully I say seasons, not series. Um, uh, and then uh, they're swapped out with the returning shows like The Flash and Kung Fu and Dynasty. Um, but at the meantime, you have shows like Superman at Lois and Walker, which are like not about a quarter through the run. They'll continue on through. So it is, it is, we're doing a lot of like stop and start and swapping in and swapping out for the next couple of weeks at months. So it's quite an exciting time. Stressful if you watch all of them, but exciting nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, everyone's going to be booked and busy through at least the summer because we still have what Stargirl in the dark and Roswell. It's oof. we're in it for the long haul. We are. No, CW doesn't have shows. They do. the The schedule is packed at all times. It is, and I feel like ever since uh, it had to put shows on in the summer for the pan during the pandemic. Um, ever since it's kind of starting to get over that now. Ever since then, I feel like they've used the summer very, very well. They've started using adopting their shows during for a run during the summer and they would maybe have only done that with one or two or some of their mid-season shows whereas now mainstay shows like Stargirl or In the Dark they end up running during the summer as well so it would be nice to see that continue because I know that for other networks the like mid-season break during the summer is a very very long wait for shows to return so it's nice when you have like this shared universe like if the Arrowverse or the superhero shows that you can swap in some shows for a summer run and then swap out for the main ones during the uh, winter and uh, fall runs so it's it's a very exciting time to be a fan of the network I know we have the the rumors and the uh, the concerns over the sale of what the future looks like but as far as the content on it goes it's a very exciting time to be a fan of it I think so too and then I'm interested in seeing what once we get past this deluge of content, when we hit like uh, summer where everyone's like, what happens on the CW when the summer comes around? I wonder if that's when we'll get the acquisitions dropping just for like a little taster of what we can expect from the network. I mean, I know there's the, the I think that's a one season show. I think it's a limited series, the Leonardo um, I want to say DiCaprio, but that is not what the show is about. It's Leonardo da Vinci um, series. And then there is a show called Bum, which is about a um, a girl who's pregnant. I think she's pregnant at a Catholic school. And um, so that'll be interesting. Well then, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, they, they acquired that show with Tom Welling and Brenton Fraser in it a while back, didn't they? Professionals. And I, I don't yeah. think it has had its run yet. I did have to do research that because it's very hard to find out anything about that show's first run, let alone its second. So um, I don't think it's aired yet. Um, so I'm, I guess maybe they'll air that during the summer as well. So that's three shows, different genres. You have a period piece. You have a teen drama that seems like it's going to be soapy, which will be fun. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then you have an... A- we do action on the CW, but like not what the professionals is about to do. Like that looks like it should be on HBO Max, but people will enjoy it, I assume, because Tom Welling is in it. Um, I mean, I'll watch the first episode and then we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same. Me too. Okay, so we are drawing to an end, which I'm sad about, but that means it's time for a roast and a toast. So who are we roasting today? Um, 
I, I'll take this part. <laughs> uh, we are going to roast uh, the Arrowverse for its evolution into what we now call the CWverse. I remember when that was first announced, um, even Stephen Amell, who played the Green Arrow on Arrow, pointed out that it is called the Arrowverse. It will forever be the Arrowverse. And I get why they've changed to CWverse because of they've adopted other outside the Arrowverse shows like Stargirl and Naomi. But like it's almost too confusing because it did start the conversation. Do shows like Dynasty um, and Riverdale now exist in the, in, in this CW verse? Are they somewhere out there in the multiverse? Um, I, I I get why they did it, but I think to do it right after Arrow ended, and something was written into the story about how this new multiverse was literally created by Oliver Queen. It earned the name Arrowverse ten times over to change it now just because the show is no longer on the air. I thought came off as disrespectful. Um. But yes, I am. I refuse to call it the CW-verse. I will never call it the CW-verse. It's clunky and Arrowverse rolls off the tongue much nicer. Speak on it. Speak on it. <laughs> exactly. I concur. Like, I'm just cosine. That's all I have to say. <laughs> You've made your points well, Michael. Roast Thank it. you. <laughs> My roast is going just directly to the CW for making me wait for Dynasty. You give me two hours in December and then say, nope, you're waiting till March. I get it. I know they want to have enough episodes to roll out and not have reruns, but I need Fallon back immediately. And I, I'm, I'm over the scheduling chaos that is just confounding and confusing. And maybe that's just me, but I'm, I've had enough. <laughs> I mean, that's that on that. I mean, one comment, though. I don't know why they didn't do Dynasty, that those two episodes as just a holiday special. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's technically what it was. They didn't really advertise it like that. They advertised it as like a two-hour season five premiere. <sighs> Who knows? No one knows what they're doing anymore. We're just throwing stuff to the wall to see what sticks. The episodes were great. I'll give them that much, but... I just didn't want to wait. That's fair. I don't have a roast though, guys. I have a toast. And bear with me because we're going to talk about All-American once again. Let's do it. Yes. Okay. So I want to say congratulations to the All-American franchise and everyone involved because it's so great that this universe is going to be expanded into a spinoff series. I just, it deserves it. It deserves the, the cast and crew. They all deserve to have it everything they want and we deserve as viewers fans to have more all-american in all-american homecoming which again airs at nine tonight (laughs) i'm going to annoy y'all on socials like y'all have to watch simone be great just watch simone be great guys that's all i want i will be watching yes i will be watching i will live tweet to let you all know that i'm watching (laughs) i also would like to slip a secret toast in that i didn't tell you guys about beforehand but I want to give Nancy Drew some love. I don't think we've mentioned her at all today yet. And she's just out there doing it on her own. No promo, just vibes. Props to the Drew crew. I hadn't heard about you guys until the season three finale. And I know she's kind of on the bubble, which is confusing because the Nancy verse is coming. But I have to give it, raise a toast to the Drew crew and Nancy Drew. Seems like they're having a ball and I'm happy for them. Good for them. Hey, them. 
but yay to all everyone really except for whoever came up with cw verse <laughs> i can get behind yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> they should rethink that yes no toast for them <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's it for today's show so again return to us on mondays we are the cw Sparrow. i'm sabrina i'm michael and i'm reed see y'all